In a 10-part mini-series recorded in the dead of night, Kim Meadows talks horror, movies, TV, and feminist themes to make you scream. This is Final Girl. Nothing is scarier than the patriarchy. Wherever in the world you are, it's time for the long overdue sixth episode of Final Girl. My name is Kim Meadows, and today we're talking about the mystery thriller The Perfection. If you haven't watched The Perfection yet, I highly recommend that you watch it before listening to the episode. The movie is built on a couple of crucial plot twists, and it's best to experience it without knowing anything about what's going to happen. So that said, uh, if you want to check out the trigger warnings beforehand, you should do that as well, and definitely don't watch it with kids. So if you're going to do that, uh, do it now, because the spoilers start here. Some warnings for this episode as well, because we're talking about a movie that involves statutory rape, torture, and murder. We're also going to discuss those themes in this episode too. I'm going to give you a little bit of a recap. You can fast forward if you just watch the movie, or uh, if you just don't need that refresher, that's fine as well. The Perfection centers around Charlotte and Elizabeth, two musical prodigies who attended the prestigious music academy back off at different times. They meet at a competition in Shanghai, where Academy owners Anton and Paloma will choose the next student. So they instantly connect, play a duet together, spend the night together, and decide to go on an adventure around China. But Lizzie gets violently ill on the bus. It escalates really, really quickly. She soon starts throwing up bugs, saying that there's something under her skin, completely freaking out, and they get kicked off the bus. Lizzie has a meltdown about live bugs coming out of her arms, and Charlotte ends up giving her a meat cleaver, and Lizzie chops off her hand. So, plot twist number one, it's not a plague or a virus or a zombie infection. Charlotte actually planned the whole thing. We see how it pans out. The supposed hangover cure that Charlotte offered actually made Lizzie hallucinate, and she did get sick, but the bugs were never real. Uh, Lizzie doesn't know how it happened, but she is convinced that Charlotte plotted against her out of jealousy. So she goes back and she tells Anton and Paloma, and she's surprised to have them turn her away. So Lizzie hunts Charlotte down and tases her, and then brings her back to back off in the trunk of her car. Plot twist number two... The reason why Charlotte orchestrated the whole thing was so that Lizzie would be unable to play. But it wasn't because of professional jealousy. It was so that Lizzie would get rejected from the academy and be free of the sex cult that Anton is operating behind closed doors. So what happens is, when students are rehearsing and make a mistake, the consequence is rape and torture. Again, I know. What the fuck. According to Anton's logic, that's how they achieve perfection in performance. Charlotte tells Anton what she did and why. He gets enraged, restrains her, and forces her to play for them. And he tells her if she messes up, the new student, Zhang Li, will take the punishment for her. Keeping in mind, Zhang Li is a teenager. She does mess up, but they let Zhang Li go. Anton's two cronies slash music teachers, Theus and Jeffrey, prepare to rape Charlotte with Lizzie threatening to join in. But then, Theus and Jeffrey both drop dead. Plot twist number three, Lizzie and Charlotte had been working together all along. 
Charlotte's plan left Lizzie with one less limb, but it did work. They planned to poison Theus and Jeffrey, uh, stabbed Paloma, and together they attacked Anton. In the fight, Anton does manage to stab Charlotte in the arm and do some serious damage, but Lizzie knocks him unconscious. And in the glorious but incredibly absurd ending, Anton, still alive, has had his arms and legs cut off and his eyes and mouth sewn closed. And now he has to listen to Charlotte and Lizzie play the cello together with one arm each because teamwork makes the dream work, right? So this is essentially a revenge fantasy movie. And the first question I want to explore here is, is it feminist to want revenge? First off, it's necessary to acknowledge that feminists are not a monolith. There's a common goal to fight back against gender-based oppression and to get closer to gender equality. But we all have different backgrounds and as such different personal goals, and more importantly, different approaches to reaching those goals. Now, is it valid to want to see rapists suffer? Sure. When they've inflicted suffering and pain on other people, when they've taken advantage of people who trusted them and caused trauma and fear and, of course, physical harm, yes, it is natural to want to see them get hurt as well. And yes, sometimes we might even find joy in seeing them in pain. And that's neither petty nor sadistic. Sometime last year, a tweet by Lindsay Gallant made rounds on the internet, and quoting her therapist, she said, Your anger is the part of you that knows your mistreatment and abuse are unacceptable. Your anger knows you deserve to be treated well and with kindness. Your anger is a part of you that loves you. And true enough, there is nothing wrong with being angry at any kind of abuse you experience, or at the abuse experienced by other people. And the same goes for anger directed at whoever did the abusing. In the same vein, telling survivors of abuse that they shouldn't be angry for their own sake and their own peace of mind, or even worse, telling them that they should forgive their abusers, doesn't help them. Maybe forgiveness would bring them peace, or maybe it wouldn't. But that's entirely up to them. There are things that we can offer to help our loved ones, but there is no universal path to healing. Sometimes that healing doesn't involve accepting an apology and welcoming an abuser back into your life. Sometimes it's bitter and sad and it requires you to cut people off. And sometimes you have to use your anger, and that might involve your abuser getting hit with grave consequences for what they did to you. But all that said, is the rapist suffering the best and only way for those assaulted to heal and to feel empowered? Not by any means. Charlotte and Lizzie took matters into their own hands, no pun intended, and they served a kind of vigilante justice to Anton and his co-conspirators. This works for them, and it definitely makes for a satisfying ending to the movie. But it isn't representative of the kind of journey that every survivor of abuse should have or wants to have. And to the movie's credit, I don't think it attempts to be. Fictional film and other media allow us to explore narratives in a way that projects our own feelings and experiences. But, at the same time, fiction also intensifies them, and doesn't mirror them directly. And I'm not talking about whether a movie is realistic or not, I'm talking about how many movies, drama, horror, and even sci-fi and fantasy movies, frame situations in fantastical or absurd contexts, but they still draw from common human experiences. And that's why they resonate with us. Getting back on the topic of life after a traumatic experience like rape, What's the feminist thing to do? 
I think the real answer actually disregards what happens to the abuser. But not because there shouldn't be consequences or some form of justice. There definitely should. If not for the satisfaction of the person or people who were hurt, then in order to prevent the abuser from doing it again. But the focus, the main focus of any response to trauma should always be centered around healing. What the survivor wants, what they need, what will help bring them comfort and get their life back on track. It could be company, it could be therapy, it could be removing that person from their life completely. But in any case, it should never be solely about the person who raped or abused them. It's about them and making the world safer for everyone who's been through the same. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the movie and the pod. If you want to say hi, you can find me at DJ Kim Meadows on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and at kanikim.com. Until next time, my name is Kim, and this is Final Girl.